The Spin-Off Podcast Network. When the Facts Change is brought to you by the Spin-Off Podcast Network in partnership with Kiwi Bank. The bank for Kiwi looking to get ahead in business and in life. A bank that delivers expertise and banking know-how, smart advice for business owners wanting to invest, grow their business or diversify. A bank that adapts with technology through the lens of its people and customers. It is a bank with heart that is driven by its purpose. Kiwi making Kiwi better off. Tēnā koutou katoa, I'm Michael Andrew and I am the Spinoff's Business Editor. I'm very excited today because joining me in the studio is Joanna Greaves, Head of the Small and Medium Enterprise Team at Kiwi Bank. Joanna is a fascinating person with what might be the most colourful and dynamic CV in New Zealand banking. Not only is she helping to support and guide SMEs, which as we all know are such an important part of New Zealand's economy, but she's also an award-winning dairy farmer, an accountant, an agricultural ambassador, a small business owner, a collector of eggs, perhaps most importantly a busy mother of four. Joanna, thank you so much for coming into the studio today. It's a great privilege (laughs) to be able to host you. Um, I'm really interested to hear about what you do with Kiwi Bank, but why don't you firstly tell us a little bit about your background, because I understand it's a big part of your story and your work with Kiwi Bank as well. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So I was born and raised on a potato cropping dairy farming operation in Opiki, a little settlement south of Manawatu. Um, had a fantastic upbringing. I think my mother role modelled for me what a strong work ethic was. So unfortunately, my father died when I was 10. So she was an incredible woman or still is an incredible woman um, running a farm full time and looking after five children on her own. So grew up in a small um, small country place, small school with ambitions and a love for numbers. I embarked on a chartered accountancy career and ended up working for a variety of places um, in Hawke's Bay, Canterbury. And yeah, that was that was tremendous. But then marrying my husband um, after meeting him at Massey, we had you know, aspirations to be farming. We we both grew up on a farm and a desire to raise our four children in a rural um, atmosphere. So we pulled on the gumboots and gave dairy farming a go, which led us to experience opportunities in Hawke's Bay and Canterbury. And then I was fortunate enough to be able to merge my love for numbers in with farming and experienced uh, looking after a corporate portfolio of agribusiness customers at an Australian-owned bank. Uh, before joining Kiwi Bank, so I'm very fortunate to be working for Kiwi Bank. There was a curiosity around what Kiwi Bank does and its success out in market. So now I head up the smaller medium enterprise uh, segment at Kiwi Bank. So really, yeah, really neat to be part of a New Zealand-owned company that uh, you know we're committed to backing and banking Kiwi businesses. Fantastic, and you're right in the thick of it. Uh, it's essentially, and you have lived experience running um, a small to medium business. It seems like uh, uh, across multiple sectors, not only farming but also finance and accounting. Uh, so that must really influence how you conduct your role and how you deal with the businesses that are uh, with Kiwi Bank's portfolio, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you're quite right. So for me, you know, small and medium enterprises, if we call them SMEs, uh, are the lifeblood of the New Zealand economy. So for me, uh, you know, I'm a rural girl through and through, so I love the regions and love that. What I really love around the regions is that sense of community or it's a sense of belonging. And I've, I've always 
been affiliated to that and I, I am, you know, and, and my husband are constantly drawn back to that community feel of the smaller regions. So for us, um, that that piece has been has been really strong. And so what I think with you know SMEs is that, you know, for me, I feel that if we've got this, if SMEs have got the support they need to succeed, you know, we're supporting those families, we're supporting those communities, and it cultivates an environment essentially for the New Zealand economy to prosper. So it, for me, it's it is a really yeah really strong connection, and to be able to perhaps understand what you know, what sort of happens in those smaller communities um, and, and yeah, regions is really, yeah, something I really resonate with. Mm. So describe a little bit about your day-to-day. So you're working with these SMEs, you're helping them better access finance and grow and make the right decisions, essentially. Sure. So so my role at, at Kiwi Bank of Heading Up, that SME, is essentially around growing and nurturing that proposition. So ensuring that we're um, you know, I, I guess providing the the appropriate support to our customer base, but that's also for me, you know, charged with the responsibility of coaching, mentoring and training, you know, building that team of talented business managers that are dedicated to providing that specialist support to our, to our SME customer base. So it is, you know, for them, um, it's, it's un, you know, for them to feel understood. So it's not just around, um, a transactional nature of providing a product and filling those needs. You know, there's emotions that comes with that when there's been a lot of blood, sweat and tears, especially for small medium enterprises. They've, they've built that and nurtured it themselves. So it's around really being able to add value. So, you know, being adaptable. And I think the pandemic highlighted that for us last year um, around being adaptable and moving with that as, as sort of businesses went through the ebbs and flows um, of what that looked like last year and having to sort of pivot and reflect and adapt. They were needing someone to be flexible and also to believe in them, you know, not just in the good times, but when they were struggling as well with some of the, you know, unprecedented conditions that they were facing. I was going to ask you about that, actually. So it's, it's already um, hard to run a SME as it is or, or to get it started at least. And the pandemic came along last year and really threw a spanner in the works what was your experience of uh, working with these businesses through that? Did you, I mean, we all hear about how much of a challenge it was, but what was it really like on the ground, especially uh, with, you know, through this perspective of you and your managers and your team? So I joined Kiwi Bank in February this year, but I have a relatively good grasp of, of what they experienced, with, um, you know, from, from joining Kiwi Bank earlier this year. But certainly the SMEs, you know, they do provide weight in the economy. So they represent, you know, sm- smaller medium enterprises represent 97% of New Zealand businesses, um, a third of our work- workforce and also contribute over a quarter of our GDP, so our economic output. So they're really quite critical to the sustainability of New Zealand. So it was really important when we had customers that were distressed and really, you know, struggling to understand where that cash flow was going to come from or what that viability looked like for them, you know, literally overnight, um, businesses had come to a halt and doors were being closed as, you know, as international borders started to close down. So there was a lot of stress and concern and often we were the first point of call where customers did did reach out for some support to understand what was what was happening and what they could be doing. And I think that's where it's important for us that we do have that team of dedicated specialists that are across these sorts of issues and understand, you know, they're, they're, in, they're there for our customers in those moments that matter to really understand what's going on for them. So there was a, you know, there was a heightened awareness around needing to be nimble and having to adapt and consider 
you know, opportunities. So in some instances, you know, people were having to think around perhaps using local suppliers and to think around, you know, perhaps more intimately engaging with communities that they might not have had to done before to um, think of other, you know, um, other companies or opportunities along the supply chain that they could perhaps utilise. So we obviously saw, um, you know, the digitalisation in terms of that evolving and accelerating quite quickly as people started to ramp up their online presence, but also thinking about remote working and also utilising cloud uh, software to help, you know, streamline things. Um, what what we also did see is, um, you know, there were there were new businesses being created. You know, I'm talking as the wheels started to flow again and things started to get back in motion. Um, people were, you know, opening up new markets and there was new products perhaps as the conditions had changed. They were also investing in new assets and starting to think around expansion of their business, whether that was new premises or new machinery or even in some instances new people with different capabilities to help equip the, the company to do what they were setting out to do. In some cases acquiring new businesses where perhaps succession had been accelerated through unforeseen circumstances and then in other cases, you know, we were seeing that perhaps around that online presence, people having to really, you know, focus on that brand appeal to, um, to to build that out. So, you know, we're not defined by the challenges that we face, but our ability to sort of steer our focus, um, anchor in in those disruptive environments and have the courage to make some really tough decisions, but likewise reaching out um, for support as well to understand what that might look like. It seemed like... Last year, it was very much a doom and gloom outlook for a lot of businesses, especially small businesses that didn't have the margin or the bulk to weather the storm. Um, it's proved to be somewhat different than you know it was economically forecast, but I imagine that stepping into this role in February this year, you still might have thought it was a very interesting time to you know be in this position working with businesses where you feeling any kind of trepidation as to what it would be like and you know if if say we were still going to experience a big recession and and the amount of challenge that you would face yeah and and don't get me wrong whilst there has been incredible opportunity through this you know what's been a significantly adverse event um and, and people have seen opportunities and been able to grow there is still been distress out there and it has been a period of extreme uncertainty and I, I think it's had to um, build, you know, where perhaps, let's say, for example, you've had someone that's nurtured this business right from the start and they've perhaps been on the tools and they've been really passionate around what they do um, and that's probably what, what's motivated them to start that business. They perhaps um, might not have had an inclination to understand the financials perhaps or even, you know, as they've grown to, to lead a team. So it's having that courage to ask for help and have really good literacy around what those cash flow forecasts look like to, um, I, I, I guess, to help dissipate some of that fear and uncertainty, but actually have some numbers in front of you to have a conversation and go, okay, what does this look like? We're worried, I'm starting to get worried about cash flow, but let's actually understand what it might look like and then work together, um, you know, with your financier, with your banks, with your accountants and rural professionals to start to think around you know, how we can actually get a plan in place. Mm. You mentioned before going digital and uh, integrating more technology into businesses and, and this big push from last year. How difficult is that for small business owners to manage without 
growing too fast or putting themselves in a position where they're overreaching. Is that something you, you see often? It is something I resonate with from my own experience as a small okay. business. <laughs> uh, it is it, look, it is a balancing act, and, and um, you know, I guess again, partnering for for me, for example, that's not something. You know, it's not my skill set in terms of that digital piece and understanding. You know, social media and the marketing side of things. So, you know, for, for, in my experience, that's a been about reaching out and understanding and getting expertise from the right people. There will be other small businesses that do this extremely well. And again, utilising other small businesses and supporting local for that support as well. But you're quite right, in some instances that has happened. So in terms of balancing out that that need or aspirations to grow, I mentioned before, you know, um, often these have been nurtured from a seed, you know, so people have decided to go out and build a business based on something that they love and they've perhaps been attracted to it because of, for, for many reasons, but in some instances it might have been the autonomy and the flexibility, perhaps the simplicity and moving away from a structured nine-to-five job, perhaps spending more time with the family, being able to uh, reinvent the wheel a little bit. And then, you know, there there might be um, strong demand or aspirations to grow and there's a bit of a balancing piece that comes into play with, okay, well, what does that look like for me? Um, you know, I'm going to have to perhaps look at building capability and build some trust in other people who can help assist me do what I do. Um, and there could be a focus of working on the business, perhaps more than being on the tool. So it starts to change the game up a little bit and, you know, people are often asking themselves, actually, is that is that, is that actually what I want, you know, or, or do I want to maintain the status quo? So understanding that ecosystem is really important, you know, so for a business um, to thrive, we, we, we know that they need a really strong ecosystem. Um, so understanding what that looks like, you know, in each individual case. So, you know, who are the, who's the leader in there? Who, who are the, the sort of the, um, the critical people inside that help make the decisions or the stakeholders. And then there'll be those other businesses that help support along the supply chain, not to forget then the, I guess, the encompassing uh, industry and market conditions. So understanding what that looks like and I guess where the level of appetite is mm. to to start to branch out and scale up. It's, it's a, it's a, it is a balancing act, absolutely. And I guess it's not really applicable to all businesses to the same degree, right? Like, especially in um, out in the regions or in a, a small town like I guess during COVID you know to to do the uh, contactless orders and whatnot every business had to kind of get a website and figure out how to get their products out to their customers if that was their business model but say if you're a grocery store or if you're a, a cafe you don't have that same pressure to go digital as it were because you're relying on people coming in and having that kind of community engagement you you what you were saying before is you need to decide whether you actually need to invest in all this stuff or whether your comparative advantage is that to focus on what you're actually good at like bringing customers in the door and Really Absolutely, giving them a good experience. Absolutely, and look, it might purely just be actually having a social media presence. In terms of, I know our local supermarkets certainly built up and wrapped up their presence online in terms of what they were doing, and also around what they were doing to keep those you know environments and those supermarkets safe, especially in lockdown. So, I hadn't really seen that presence so strong before. So I think for some people it will be actually having their marketplace online and for others it might be more of creating an awareness around what they are and who they're at. And I, I think certainly 
you know, when you think around your your target customer, so for people that are perhaps thinking about starting up a business, you know, one thing is to think around that target customer and who, the, you know, who, who they are and what they're needing. So, you know, as we've got such a diverse population, you know, it, it, it starts, obviously those preferences start to increasingly become diverse and it's hard to sort of gauge what that looks like, you know, who is my target customer and it, it's also helpful to think around those generational preferences. So we know Gen Z, which I think all of my children fall into, um, that I think it's like late 90s to 2012, you know, they're of the digital age, I think they're calling them the digital natives. So they grew up with social media and they grew up with devices and for them it's not just about an online presence but they're wanting to really understand the brand and connect into those personal stories and who the individuals are behind that brand and not only understand the people but then understand the impact of that purchasing decision. So if I purchase this product, you know, how was it made, where was it sourced from, where are the ingredients from and then what's the impact on, you know, in terms of from a sustainability perspective. So there's there's a lot. So it might just purely be having a presence in a you know on a social media platform to build out those stories, not necessarily the actual marketplace online. Mm. That leads nicely into my next question because aside from the pandemic, we're in an age where social impact is becoming a very um, valuable commodity almost, uh, if you can call it that, um, whereby customers are going to be they're going to make decisions on, as you talked about before, you know how uh, good your supply chain is, your sustainable approach. Are you noticing a big groundswell among the businesses you're working with thinking about this type of thing? I think it's absolutely becoming more front of mind for a lot of um, businesses. There's some that are extremely passionate about that, and we are seeing more alignment, especially as people are thinking around supporting local. We are seeing um, a sense, real sense of curiosity, especially around wanting to align with Kiwi Bank in terms of you know our purpose around Kiwi helping Kiwi be better off. That's actually really aligning for a lot of organisations to come and work with us. So, absolutely, and people are you know people are really conscious around where they're investing their dollar, and I think the pandemic highlighted also that that traceability piece and that source of provenance and wanting to it really highlighted that and you know that was one of the reasons we we started our small business was was actually because of that it helped fuel that fire but I think we're absolutely seeing more of that out in market. Yeah and that's a good example right because your business now is raising pasture raised hens and and, and selling eggs from those so that's a big one people want to know where they come from how the hens are raised and how they're treated basically so yeah that's another example of lived experience whereby you have to make sure that the products you're selling are above board yeah, absolutely. And so for us, yeah, it is, it's pasteurised eggs. So, you know, you, you can hear of other examples of free range and there's lots of terms that get bandied out for whatever industry you're in and different degrees of interpretation. And so for us, that's absolutely about having chickens roaming freely and being able to go and forage for bugs and slugs and whatever else they need to, you know, and, and that then creates a really nutritious egg. So the way that that gets 
marketed and there'll be plenty of other enterprises that you know do follow a, a similar stream but around you know nurturing those chickens and really looking after their well-being and then that's the you know producing uh, uh, an egg with higher omegas and vitamin d and those sorts of yummy things that we want to know and knowing where that egg came from and actually being able to visualize and resonate with that story and we were seeing it a lot ourselves you know we were we were sourcing produce and getting that delivered to our door and we live rurally and it was quite incredible that we were still able to you know I had a conception that perhaps because we live rurally we weren't able to have the same opportunities as people that lived you know residentially in in town so that was neat and I think that that COVID you know the pandemic really highlighted the the connectivity and understanding those stories a lot more. When the Facts Change is brought to you in partnership with KiwiBank to help you understand the issues affecting the economy and that's what their team of experts is here to do too. Here's KiwiBank economist Sabrina Delgado on what's happening with the labour market in Aotearoa. Our slowing economy gives way to higher unemployment and we're seeing tightness in the labour market quickly abating. Both the recovery on the supply side, with our surging migration, boosting labour supply and loosening some very tight labour market conditions. But now a stronger narrative is coming through. As consumer demand cools, so too is the demand for labour. Firms are no longer hiring with the same gusto. Already, unemployment has started to lift from record lows, and we expect that to continue throughout 2024. Visit kiwibank.co.nz to stay up to date with detailed economic analysis and forecasts from Sabrina and other KiwiBank experts. They take big issues from both here and overseas and make them relevant to Kiwi businesses. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. How important is community for a SME to actually thrive and, and start in the first place, but, but function as well? Not only community in terms of um, customers, but also other businesses. I think it's that, and, and I mentioned before, that sense of belonging, which is really, really important to me. So I think it's being able to draw on expertise and advice from from others um, to you know resonate with perhaps the stories and especially starting out it can be really quite daunting not to know you know perhaps where whether it's going to work where the cash flow is coming in how the actually how the trade cycle works so to be able to draw on other resources and build those stories up and connect them with others and others learnings I think that's really quite valuable and I feel like that's a better opportunity for SMEs to be able to connect in and do that. Um, it's not such a, doesn't feel so threatening to be able to share those stories. Mm. When I've lived outside of Auckland in smaller towns, I've noticed that there's this real cohesion between businesses um, where it's not just simply like trade, it's a real kind of, you know, 
uh, mucking in and a community feel, almost like a family feel. Would you say that uh, having worked in, in um, Manawatu and basically all over, it seems, <laughs> would you say that that's a uh, prevalent dynamic? Oh, look, Michael, you couldn't have said it better. Absolutely prevalent. And that's what's drawn us us to that is that sense of mucking in. You know, when we were when we were dairy farming, so we were farming you know fifteen hundred cows, and when we moved down to Canterbury, they had the worst snowstorm that we'd had. So we had cows arriving off trucks. We were trying to move into a house, and you know we had a two, our youngest was two, and you know then because the snow was so heavy, for example, then we lost all the electricity because it was on the fences, so we had stock out in the middle of the night and, you know, we had neighbours appear that we hadn't even met yet, like we'd literally moved in the day before. And there is just that sense of supporting each other um, and that close-knit community and just, yeah, wanting to help wanting to help others and lift them up rather than sort of pull them down a peg or two. And it was a really, you know... That standing on it on someone's shoulders and really helping them and lift them up. It so it was re- it was really neat, and we've had many instances of that, and and likewise reciprocated. So, yeah, absolutely a prevalent dynamic. You articulated it well. I suppose with farming, especially, you know, as as businesses, you know, that <laughs> you need to be able to reach out and to ask for help, right? Because a lot of these. A lot of these families running these farms are isolated or relatively isolated um, from their neighbours. So it's very good and important to maintain those connections mm-hmm. with other businesses, right? Yeah, I think so. And, and, and you're right, it, it, is, it does happen in rural communities. But likewise, you know, farmers are really good. But likewise, small business owners, they've nurtured that business and I know I've said that a couple of times, but they they really have nurtured it. It's been their baby and their seed that they've they've at times grown from a, from perhaps a, a dream, and um, you know there's a lot at, there's a lot at stake. So they're really good at digging deep and working longer and harder, and perhaps not always looking after themselves, but working really hard. So it's important that we're looking out for each other and having an awareness um, around what's going on for each other and connecting them. Fantastic. I really want to talk about your current juggling of roles. You're <laughs> working at Kiwi Bank, but you're also uh, a mother and you're also running a small business. So tell me how you manage all this and you balance it out because it sounds <laughs> like a very, very hectic schedule. It, 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 it can at times be a, a crazy schedule. So I'm, I resonate with people juggling priorities. So at any given time, you know, I could be wearing the hat of trying to manage warehousing. And when I talk about warehousing, I'm talking like eggs on a laundry bench, like there's nothing sophisticated about this at all. Um, so it's collecting eggs and, you know, that will, you know, I mentioned, you know, four children. So they're aged 11 through to 15. So the 11-year-old is tasked with collecting the eggs usually. That involves, you know, going out on a motorbike and collecting the eggs. So they're your employees. They are my employees and they're not on the payroll. They're not on the payroll. Uh, neither is my husband, which he'd like to remind me every now and then. So, you know, just if we take that collecting the eggs, for example, you know, that's that's going out on the motorbike. The chickens, you know, love to flock around because they're really curious creatures. And so, you know, my, my daughter's out there sort of trying to get away from them once she's collected eggs. So it's a matter of accelerating and then trying to break so that she doesn't run them over. So she's accelerating, breaking and trying to scare them away and then, you know, has accelerated a little bit too fast at times and then break quite suddenly and eggs have all, you know, smashed so she's come in in tears. So there's all those little dramas that comes with delegating at a young age, but they're also learning really young. So, yeah, look, I can wear many hats of 
whether it's been the warehousing, the, the logistics of actually manage, managing the deliveries and thinking about where they're going and what they're doing. Um, you know, we have some great technology in terms of an app that we use for that. Um, then it's, you know, the packaging and the actual delivery piece, let alone, you know, that the animal welfare piece of actually keeping healthy chickens and ensuring that, that they're well-fed and well-looked after. And, you know, we, we do, you know, do a lot of recycling. So, you know, our, our household waste will go to the chickens, but likewise we'll feed our worm farm and use that for the garden, those sorts of cool things. So it is a juggle with all those tasks. And, you know, delivery, again, isn't sophisticated. That's literally trays of eggs sitting on the kids' knees as we're he heading into school, usually early in the morning. So it's a, it's a relatively rough and ready um, sort of process, but it seems to work and it does involve a lot of delegation uh, to the kids. And, uh, you know, there's been lots of mistakes along the way. And I know when we first started out, you know, we'd joke that we'd put the eggs out on the roadside and every day they were still sitting there and they weren't selling. So I, I resonate with, this, you know, that startup piece. And and then one day we got home and, you know, after school, after work, whatever, I couldn't quite recall, but, you know, all the eggs were gone. We're like, whoa, 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 all the eggs have sold. Like, what's happened? Is the money there? Oh, yep, the money's there. So we'd sold them and it's like, oh, wow, we'd better put some more out. And, and it was, you know, off. And, you know, you talked about that piece around you know, scaling up and being ready. And, you know, three months ago, we found out that we were fully subscribed online. So we had to, we were in a position where we had to pull all the eggs off the road because they, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd sold out, we're fully subscribed online. And we've had to, you know, I've had to find out my digital skills and, and you know, get a message onto the website and say, hey, we can't sell anymore. We've had inquiries. So it's incredible how from us, you know, stressing about, um, and, and look, it wasn't so much a cash flow challenge for us. We had to invest at the start, but we were still working our day jobs. So this was this is something on the side, which obviously provides extra, you know, stress and juggling. But it went from going, oh wow, what have we done? Are we, you know, do we have a market? Have we got this wrong? And once we built awareness and you know online, you know, an online presence and looked at our digital strategy, that was actually able to help us sort of accelerate to now we're at the point where, well, we need to we need to go again now. Um, people are loving and connecting them with the story. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, it's certainly been a juggle and at times thinking, what on earth have we done? You know, we've got day jobs as well. And we've got a family. Um, but it's, it's also the excitement of it as well. That's great because I think the most disconcerting part of someone uh, starting any kind of venture or, uh, you know, a main um, vocation or a side hustle, what what have you, is um, wondering if it's going to actually be a success. If there's going to be demand for it, um, and you've almost got to take a punt, right? I mean, even as something something as simple as uh, like eggs, it's you know people love eggs, obviously, but you don't know how successful the the business is going to be until you actually give it a shot and put the hard yards into it. Yeah, and I think it's really important to understand your why. So understand for any biz any, you know, small business or wanting to someone considering starting up to to think around what that purpose is and that's really knowing your why because that's what's going to get those two feet on the floor in the morning and drive that drive that purpose. And yeah, sometimes it is just going to be intuitively, well, I believe in this. Um, not to say not to do your research and do some DD and think about it, but to believe in it and and to actually just dig in deep and work hard and, and give it a go as well. Hmm. In a typical day, how would the 
how would managing the business balance out with your role at Kiwi Bank? <laughs> how does that all work together? Do you do you have? Uh, is it all mingled? <laughs> Look, so I, uh, you know, currently sitting in Auckland. So when when I left on, you know, earlier on in the week, uh, as I was having my breakfast at five o'clock before I got the plane, I was literally writing on a piece of paper to my fifteen-year-old daughter: these are the deliveries, these are the eggs you need to package up, um, and and these are where they need to go, and you know, Dad will drop them off. Uh, so. It's not all that sophisticated and there's a little bit of juggling. So it's, you know, often the, the egg bits can often be done at home at night or in the morning in terms of, you know, on the way to work. But, you know, when when I'm on the road travelling, which so I have a team in Wellington and in Auckland, that does take me away from that. Um, so I do draw on you know, my husband um, and and the, and the four children. So it is, it is certainly a, a juggling act. And I know many SMEs will resonate with that. There's often, you know, numerous uh, projects on the go and dreams on the go and they're trying to nurture them as well as doing their their day job um, and trying to balance out that you know scaling up piece so yeah there's always I'm a really good juggler I think there's plenty of balls in the air and it's just trying to keep them all up in the air. <laughs> and your husband is he still farming dairy farming? Uh, so he works f- he, he currently works for Fonterra so oh, yeah, he, cool. ha- he is now supporting dairy farmers uh, so we do have some um, some beefies at home some dogs and some cats. So there's there's plenty on the go that keeps us out of mischief. And uh, yeah, recently planted about 400 bulbs of garlic. So I'm giving that a whirl at the moment. Oh, so, great! Yeah, far out. That's uh, yeah. You're going to be uh, aioli. 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 That's yeah. why I think it's out. It Everyone a, a loves aioli. A lucrative venture. This is the thing. I don't know this yet, but I'm like, let's plant the garlic and we'll just give it a whirl I and see. There's always a market for aioli. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the condiment market. Um, and with your eggs, how do you just supply them locally, or are they region wide? So yeah, purely in the in the mighty Manawatu at the moment. So we have had inquiries of whether we could get them through to Hawke's Bay um, and further afield. So at the moment, we've as I say, we've been fully subscribed. So for us, that's uh, just purely supporting our local market, but. We, we really want to be able to have them on the road where we did on the roadside stall just to be able to actually support our, our local people because as we've had that online presence and fully subscribed, unfortunately, that's missed out. So that's keeping us out of mischief at the moment, that's for sure. Mentioning that you started growing garlic, so, I mean, a, a great thing over the last year is it seems like there's so many people pursuing different opportunities, um, not what they're, you know, what, their main uh, vocation is, but they're actually branching out and they're trying little projects here and there just to see what flies. Have you, have you been noticing this in your Kiwi Bank role as well? Absolutely, a lot of diversification as people are starting to consider alternative options. I mean, we had um, one of our customers had a backpackers, and and obviously overnight that was largely lent itself to the international market. So overnight that was that was a really big challenge as those borders were closed. So. You know, for her, she started to consider what perhaps her other options were, and she ended up utilising that space, you know, for corporate functions. And then further on from that, started to find it was really successful, you know, in terms of yoga classes. So perhaps being able to just think of different ways and purposes. So for her, it was the building, but then for others thinking around different products. And I think we saw that in our hospitality trade of, you know, there was, a, you know, in terms of the online and the contactless um, deliveries, but we were seeing a lot of diversification as people started to consider other options and what that might mean for them. The other thing I wanted to talk about is this idea of uh, women being owner operators of their businesses and, it seems like there's so many great businesses coming out now that are run by women. 
what would your advice be to a woman looking to do this but either don't have the experience or they're just taking a bit of a punt as well? What would you say to them? And, and probably what I'd say to anyone, I think there's – there's always something that we're really passionate or really good at, the, the piece we really love to do, and, and that's you know often how a business has been born. And there's always going to be those gaps in terms of expertise. And I, I think there's, you know, sometimes there's a level of pride of not wanting to ask for help, but I think the courageous thing is to ask for help and find out who those key people are that are going to be able to be there for you in that ecosystem and support those expertise. Um, and then, you know, there there is obviously an instances where people are wanting to take a punt perhaps on things that they haven't done before, but it's something that perhaps they're a little bit curious about and want to try something new. And I think that's around talking to people and, and talking to your, you know, financier, talking to your bank and understanding, you know, what other examples are out there, connecting in in terms of local other small businesses in those communities and see, understand their stories and how they've survived and how they started up because, you know, I'd encourage anyone to be, if there was a sense of curiosity there and, a you know, it was going to ignite their fire to follow that dream and give it a go. And their passions as well, right? Like if you have a passion for something, that's a massive influence on whether you should do something or not. Absolutely. And that's that passion is what's going to drive that why of putting those two feet on the floor every morning and, and getting out of bed and going again. And you might stumble a couple of days, but it's going to be that passion and purpose which really keeps that fire burning. Fantastic. And in your role, what would you say is the most rewarding part of it? So for me, I, I love being around people. So for me, I'm really fortunate that I get to engage with a lot of different people throughout the day. So whether, for example, that's you know in the hometown in the Manawatu, um, or I'll often be spending days in perhaps in Wellington or Auckland, but I'm getting to engage with the team. So I'm getting to hear some of these neat stories that we're hearing from our customers. So getting to engage with them, but also empowering them and unlocking that potential for them to be really successful and, you know, hopefully to ignite their fire and to love what they're doing as well. So for me, it's, yeah, being able to engage with people and help support them uh, and, you know, to support our customers with their ambitions. I'm in a really fortunate role. When the Facts Change was brought to you by the Spinoff Podcast Network, together with KiwiBank. Visit kiwibank.co.nz to find out how KiwiBank I'm making Kiwi better off. Kia ora e te iwi, te aihe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spinoff. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spinoff member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spinoff Podcast Network.